baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 971 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. Well, I'm trying to do a little catch-up. I just posted a, another picture from the St. Louis Media Hall of Fame induction last night. Our own Fred Bottomer, sometimes, not always, known as... How about old Fred Bottenheimer over there, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, thank you, Kenny Wallace. And I had, Sue, you put a, a tweet out there that I retweeted, and then there was a shot that um, was taken of Joe Buck, some other guy named Joe, I don't know him. Yeah, Fred Joe was Buck, inducted, yeah. some guy named Joe Buck yeah, also inducted yeah. Okay, a lesser known. Can yeah, I just lesser say, known guy. Uh, first of all, Joe Buck was great last night. Fred was fantastic, but Joe Buck, when he got up to uh, do his uh, acceptance speech, he actually mentioned Fred, which I thought was really nice, talking about how Fred is just one of the great people that you know. He's just yeah. a great human. Well, yes. you know, one of the things that eluded me, and I knew this, and it's been shared with me many times, but it resonated more last night, Jane. This is really incredible when you think about it. So Fred graduates from Mizzou in 1982. He starts at KMOX right away. He's never had another job. I know. In, that in just media, doesn't even happen anymore. Well, it's one thing for it to happen in any industry, but yeah. for it to happen in media, media. is really unique. Yeah. So he's humble, and he felt, I think, in a way that he didn't belong with the names last night. That's ridiculous. He's yeah. contributed oh. so much. We went over some of his, you know, I forget some of the reporting that he has done because yes. I've only been back here in St. Louis since 2006, but like when the Pope came. Yeah. And Dalai other, Lama, remember yeah, that? His he told the story last night about interviewing the Dalai Lama, and it was awesome. We got to get him to share that again. Uh, yeah, we do. That's yeah. a good story. I, I was mean, going to say I'd tell it now, but we should have him do it. And uh, and sharing an office with Ann Keefe and the smoke. Oh, I mean, it, it, he was great. Well, he was great. However, I'm I'm going to oh. tell you because I had the stopwatch going last night. And originally, I think it was a six-minute speech, and then they reduced it. It was supposed to only be like three to four minutes. Fred clocked in at seven thirty. He which, went a little. He went a little over. Which wasn't the longest. No, he who was, was the just longest? following. Uh, you you clocked somebody at eight minutes yeah, and thirty seconds. I think which, so. By the way, we probably should not be doing at a nice event such as that. Well, but it was kind of fun for me. It, it was, was a little a, sport. Yeah, it does keep you. you know. It keeps you entertained. And there was somebody did eight thirty. So he wasn't the longest. And uh, he, you know, twenty eight years. Is it twenty eight years here? Forty. Forty. Oh my 82. god. Eighty two. 82. See, I can't even count. Yeah, that's, that's the 40, problem. That's 42 years old. I was a sophomore at, at in high school. Point. Right. I, we, we both were. But, I mean, think about what he remembers. Like, he. Yeah. Like, th- there is no one that has the institutional knowledge of St. Louis media like him. Well, so here's where that becomes a problem. Because there are no more Fred Bottomers. Correct. No. And somebody last night, I think it was Carol. Carol Daniel, our former colleague, was the MC, And I think that she mentioned... Um, you know, the Rolodex. And by the way, Fred probably still has like a real Rolodex. Oh, written. But you, Jane, you know this because you've worked in politics and around the media and in the media, but Sue's the same way. The depth of knowledge that you have in a given market, you've got reporters now that we all see on Channel 4, 5, and 2 that are coming right out of J School, not even at Mizzou, and they're getting these jobs. They don't know the history of a lot of these stories. Of anything. That, that results in journalistic, you know, 
uh, malpractice and things that are not accurate. And there's no way to turn that around. It's not like this business is going to go in the other direction and mm. people are going to start making a bunch of money and be able to stay in media. So I really do. And that was one of the messages, Sue, last night from this group, the St. Louis uh, Media Hall of Fame, because you got people that were doing this, whether it's at the Post-Dispatch or bigger publications, where they took their job seriously. Yeah, and, right. and there was cross-checking and there were editors and newspapers, which aren't even there. And they were and I committed think, to the community yeah. and they understood the community. Yes. Yeah. Where yes. things came from. I mean, you know, you have all these people who, oh, the mayor is amazing. Well, they don't remember that her father went to jail for. Right. Know, I mean, and, and, and those kind of things that, you know, give context to everything we do. History. So Fred's a miracle yeah, and he, he should be treated as such. Well, he's off today, even though he's not really off today because he texted me this morning. Oh, yeah. and I said, stop it. Take the day off. His yeah. kids were there. It was great to see yeah. Noah and Shane. I've known them for a long time. And it's just weird. We all, Jane, you and I and Fred and um we all have the kids the same age group, yeah, pretty much. Yours right. are a little younger, but not very much. So it was yeah. awesome for oh. him last night. We were glad that we were a part of it. I feel like listeners of this show should understand who we got to meet last oh, night. Oh, good point, Sue. Joyce. Now, Joyce is the woman that Fred told us, what, two years ago? You know, little by little, we peel back the layers of the Fred Botnine. Right, yes, right. yes, yes, yes. And he one time in passing said, oh, yeah, no, my neighbor Joyce got me this shirt. And we said, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Yeah. Right. And uh, Joyce is a woman who lives in this neighborhood and gets him shirts, first from Goodwill. And she, she now mentioned that uh, the shirts, uh, the rich people are now giving off shirts, you know. Right, because they don't wear them anymore. Like designer, right. So he now has Brooks Brothers. I said, Joyce, how did this begin? She said, oh, well, when he first moved in 25 years ago, I noticed a little <laughs> tear in his shirt. And Joyce took over from there. And I, supplied it with shirts ever since. I need a Joyce. Yes. Everybody needs. She was so awesome last night. So you and met we the didn't know We Joyce. didn't know yes. she was going to be there, and we were hoping she was, and that was Marie, Fred's yeah. wife, sort of did some back channel, and that was one of the surprises yeah. from last night. So There's always the woman behind the man. I'm That's telling. very true. And Fred true. has two. Yes. Look, here's what I would say, and I don't know Fred's wife very much, but she's, she's a legend in her own way because yes. she worked for the UPI. We, mm-hmm. we were talking. Fred shared this story because there's, and maybe we'll share a little bit of this with Paul Hall. There's the We Are the World documentary mm-hmm. that's on Netflix right now. And um, Fred at first said, oh, I think maybe my wife was involved in that story. Well, she was involved in the, the Band-Aid. Um, it was the Do They Know It's Christmas, right? Right, right. And she was there when they were recording it and had amazing stories. So anyway, he's a legend. That's what I just put out on the Twitter. I would not have any level of success without Fred. And by the way, that's not hyper. That is absolutely true because you have no idea how much he does for me and for this show and just for two radio stations, for 97.1 and for KMOX. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, MrAppliance.com. Well, you know, it's Groundhog Day, blah, 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 but we do get more of spring quicker, so that's good. So that was from Phil? Yeah, Phil, Punxsutawney Phil. But the first one, the first Groundhog Day was in 1887. That thing is 137 years old. And uh, hey, at least we get more spring. It's so accurate, too. Oh, I'm all for that. Um, Apparently, uh, I found out earlier that they ate the first groundhog, which I found disturbing. Okay, wait a minute. Uh Groundhog stew? I guess. Just like squirrel. You can eat them all. I'm just saying. Not heard of. I don't think they do that much anymore. And this one has music just because I love this movie and I love this music. I'm singing. 
singing in the rain. Just singing in the rain. Ah, Gene Kelly. And unfortunately, 28 years ago in 1996, a superstar, Gene Kelly, passed away at 83. But hmm. that was 28 years ago today. But if you want to be happy, you can just watch this. Abby, do you know uh, Gene Kelly? Do you know the song, probably? I know the song. I've never seen the movie. And I oh. don't know if I could name right. even anything Fair else. enough. You should. Yeah. You should uh, watch it's it. It's been on my list, but my list is so long. I know, that Abby. It, uh, You're young. Yeah. You're up time. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. Now, uh, in honor of Jane being here, because, of course, this is food-related, but also <laughs> we're rolling it into Valentine's Day, Aha. I present to you the story of Insomnia Cookies, which is offering a limited-edition new 12-pack of cookies on their website, website called It's Not Me, It's You. Oh, nice. You can choose the 12 cookies you want to give to your soon-to-be ex. And they'll be they'll include a handwritten breakup note on the inside of the box. Now wow. you can't say anything too spicy. And and there are four options. The first one is it's not me, it's you. Nice. Uh, number two, you're sweet, but not my flavor. Ooh. And this is just random. I have the hots for your roommate. I, oh, I don't know what that's about. Nice. I just thought that would came out of left field, but okay. <laughs> and then the worst well, I don't know if that's worse than the one before it. We're done. Have a nice life. Well, I, I'm. Mm-hmm. I believe in efficiency. I mean, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's free. And it's yeah. unequivocal. It's unequivocal. Yeah. Hey, yeah, by the way, uh, before you, I don't know if you had planned, but let me just see if you call an audible. Are you planning on talking about your date tomorrow night? In, uh, oh, I forgot. Yes, yeah. just throw it in about. right here. Okay. Why don't you just tell tell okay. folks what you guys are doing? Jane, you tell them what we're doing. Tomorrow. Okay, we are doing um, in pursuit of purses bingo. <laughs> yes, and it's to benefit the St. Louis County. Uh, police family okay association in pursuit and of purses bingo so if you in i mean it's hard because there's like two or three hundred women in this okay Whoa. and like yeah and if you win the bingo though you get the designer bag see i mean that what, what, is how is beautiful. how is it different from regular bingo what, what it happens? has a designer bag yeah, yeah. As, as a <laughs> yeah. gift as you a know, prize. as a prize that's, that's okay. what you win and then there's other raffles and there's a and then there's um uh they have um you know other silent auctions. But it's just regular bingo, right? It's, yeah. It's so regular. you have your dauber, is that what I'm assuming? You Absolutely. both have daubers? There are a, is a dauber situation. Okay. Dauber and you, you, have buy, to have you a dauber. buy your cards, you know, like you do. I mean, I feel like I I'm like right in there with the old people. I've got everything you have to be organized. <laughs> and then you know they have a police. I can all. see you playing bingo. Yeah, I, can. I just can't I can yeah. see well, because it. Because it takes you know, so little real attention, you know, so you can you know, you don't have see, to see crank. Yeah, right. Drink. Exactly. Yeah. And then you laugh a lot. They have obviously open bar dinner, like you get a dinner, and there's like police officers who are waiters. How so, cute is that? Like yeah. Male police wait. officers male, who are waiters. Yeah. yeah, there's some female okay. ones, but but it's you. It's mostly women that are in the event, mm-hmm. and yeah. they do a phenomenal job. It sell. It sold out like literally within like I don't know an hour. Like the oh, event wow. sells out like. That, so I like had to, yeah, I had to like get a connection to get my seats, you know, because I want to be a regular. Well, so. I expect a full report on Monday. Well, yes. thank you, Jane, <laughs> for inviting me because I can't wait. It'll be great. Uh, let's see the warm cookies. Okay, moving on. Uh, in more food, but odd news: a 285-year-old lemon was just auctioned off for $1,780 in England. And it was because a 19th century cabinet was brought into the auction house by a family who said it belonged to a deceased uncle. 
A photographer was taking photos for the sale. They opened it up and saw the lemon. Now, it was dried out, well-preserved, brown and leathery-looking. It, it, it even had a note. Wait a minute. It was inscribed with this message on the, the lemon itself, given by Mr. P. Lou Francini, November 4th, 1739, to Miss E. Baxter. That seems awfully wordy for a lemon, but yeah, apparently wow. that was on there. The auction house said, what the heck? They decided to auction off. They thought the lemon. They thought what? Maybe fifty bucks. It went for seventeen eighty. Wow! And the uh, the old antique cabinet only went for forty bucks because it wasn't a good one. Wow! <laughs> so the lemon more than the actual thing. Oh man! Wow! I know it's kind of crazy. All right, today's just what story? Police in England stopped a guy when they saw him running with a refrigerator strapped to his back. They thought, okay, well, is he stealing it? They couldn't figure it out. Turns out, no, he wasn't stealing it. His name is Daniel Fairbrother, and he's training for a marathon to raise money to support a buddy of his uh, with some sort of illness. And he's trying to break the record for the fastest marathon while carrying a household appliance, which is apparently a thing. Okay. I don't know if I'd go fridge. Yeah, Wouldn't would, you go microwave? Oh I would my go like goodness. toaster. Yeah, toaster. Okay. I'd go, I didn't think I'd about go it. with can opener. That's even smaller. <laughs> Maybe they have a well appliance though. Microwaves are could be heavy though. Well I mean, that's like true. A but a fridge? A, yeah, a fridge. Well, that's no too much. fridge is a lot. Well maybe we're picturing the largest fridge and it's not that bad. Yeah, but I, I think you might be surprised that I don't think it's as heavy as you think because there's lots of open space in a fridge, right? Oh well, I mean, you empty know what? Fridge. Maybe you're right. I don't know. We'll Maybe. strap one on you and see yeah. how far you can get. I'll give it a whirl this weekend and report back. <laughs> I'll pay you to do it. <laughs> Uh, today's uh, happy news, a newspaper delivery guy in St. Petersburg, Florida, saved a 75-year-old woman's life this month. He was dropping off her copy of the Tampa Bay Times at 3 a.m., saw her front, front deck on fire, <gasps> uh, grabbed a hose, put the fire out, uh, woke her up, and got her out safely. So thank you to a newspaper delivery. Yeah, in other yeah. news, that's she's awesome. one of like 120 people in the whole country that still get a newspaper delivered. So well, congratulations on that front. would be the uh, age there. Sue's News brought to you by Mr. Appliance. Speedy expert service. Go to MrAppliance.com. While I have you ketchup lovers here, <laughs> I yes. have, yes. Uh, uh, this is today's random fact. Okay. Ketchup was originally made in England and the U.S. with mushrooms as the main ingredient, not tomatoes. Wait, what? what? Uh-huh. <laughs> that lasted until the early 1800s when tomato ketchup started getting more popular. Now, some even believe it dates back to China, and they called it ketchup, and it was fish sauce. So it has really morphed well, into why, what it is today. Well, that's why my grandmother and my mother called it ketchup instead of ketchup. Uh, maybe. I remember that, too, oh. when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I never But I do not remember that. mushroom ketchup. Yeah, no. well, that's because it was the 1800s it switched. But yeah, there you have it. It's not always been tomato. Thank you, Sue. Wrapping up a Friday edition of Sue's News. We'll do it again on Monday with the Hall of Famer back in the studio. Paul Hall on entertainment. We'll talk some movies and TV. Kusumano on sports at 445. Still to come. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I mentioned this yesterday and maybe even referenced it a little bit earlier. There is a documentary on the making of We Are the World called The Greatest Night in Pop, which is out on Netflix right now. I received this call from Harry Belafonte, and he wants to do some kind of a song for famine relief in Africa. Basically, what he said was, I need you. We just thought we'd pull together as many artists as we could and figure it out. Paul Hall from Common Guy Films is here. Jane is joining us as she usually does on a Friday. And, Paul, I've had so many people tell me that this is outstanding to watch. Do you agree? Have you seen it yet, Mark? No, I have not. It's on my list this weekend. I have to. Bruce Springsteen plays a big role in this. I've heard. I have heard. And I know you're a big fan. I'll tell you what. Greatest Night in Pop is one of those nights that just doesn't happen. Um, after the American Music Awards one night, they decided to get everybody they could to come over and film literally all night. They finished this thing like 8 in the morning the next day. So you went to the American Music Awards and then did We Are the World and became, you know, just one of the biggest hits of all time, simultaneously played on radio stations everywhere. And, and I don't think today's youth understand kind of what that thing was all about at the time. It was, it was omnipresent. It was everywhere. And the people that were in this, even though you look at some of them now and you go, Oh, that's not a big deal. They were huge in the moment that this took place. And you don't get, you know, that many huge stars together that can, as, uh, as Quincy Jones writes uh, on a sign there, check their egos at the door and, and actually be, be together as a group. This is amazing. Well, one of the things I heard from some friends I've seen is just the archive footage and that they had a lot of this, you know, recorded at the time, I guess. that That's why they made the documentary, that they had so much great footage. And they could keep it secret. This was the thing. You, if, you, if you didn't, if you had a rush of press and fans waiting for these celebs to come to the studio, they were so intent on keeping it secret up front. Yes, it got out to some people, but... They didn't have a throng. I imagine if you you put together Taylor Swift and Justin Timberlake and all these people and you told people where they were going to be, you couldn't get to the the venue to actually do something and and be productive. Mm -hmm. It's got all the personalities in the room. You see people like Bruce Springsteen who thought it was so important that he wrapped his concert in Buffalo, got on a plane, flew to the West Coast to be here for this event uh just the stories of all the the celebrities the uh footage of the time just was amazing to watch because you know as part of this life i lived that in 85 i was a teenager you know this was that period of my youth and to see these these folks that i idolized i guess as you you could say growing up Mm-hmm. All together in one room, it's amazing. Well, that was my, you know, look, I was in music radio in, in that era, uh, still in college. But one of the things that I heard about this, and this is fascinating to me, I always am very curious as someone who has no musical ability but loves music, the songwriting process. We were talking about that, Sue, a little bit with Bernie Taupin yeah. and uh, Elton John. But apparently there's some interesting reveals here about Michael Jackson and how he wrote songs because he sort of, is is it true that he sort of hums the melody and, and that's sort of how he writes the song, Paul? Yeah, yeah, that's how they, they lay it out in the film in that he just sits and, and hums everything and gets it to the point where 
it's something there. And him and uh, Lionel came together to write the song. They had to go over to Michael's house and just get together. They thought they had more time than they did. They didn't. They recorded the demos, got them out to the celebrities. And there was one celebrity, and I'll, I'll leave it as a tease for you to watch the film. One celebrity wasn't going to do it because their significant other at the time thought this was not going to be a hit. Oh, really? I'll have to see the movie okay, to good, actually. Good I'm going to tease that. And let you... I like that. I like mm. that a lot. So that's on Netflix right now. What else you got this weekend? Let's uh, let's also talk over on Netflix uh, of a docu series. With these, these true crime docu series are a big deal. American Nightmare uh, is about a weekend, and uh, it's kind of ripping up the charts on the TV side over there. We've yeah. talked about it a little bit, and I think a lot of great. people have seen it right now. I've never heard of a case where the kidnappers drop their victim at the front door of their house. Oh, thought she's this innocent victim. She looks more like a suspect. Police now wondering, is Huskins a real life gone girl? Yeah, this is the gone girl type yeah. case from oh. California that's very different. This is another one where when I have talked about it, and I think we even mentioned it last week, Paul, I don't like to tell people too much about it because I think it's better to go in yeah. not knowing a lot, right? Yeah, most definitely. It's just just imagine this: uh, a woman goes missing, a husband is blamed, and we set off on the the mission to find out what really happened or what didn't happen uh, on the night in question, and and was there more to this along the way? The thing about this series is it's three episodes long, and after the first episode, I was sure of what was going on, and, and I don't remember the case in general, but I was sure who I blamed, and I was mad, and I was. Then the second episode comes along, and I'm going, I don't believe that for one bit. And then by the third episode, I'm like, really? How? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, was it kind, a, of, kind of works that way. Yeah, it was amazing. I thought it was really, and I thought it was really well done, the way they unfolded the truth. I thought it was very well done, because those can get kind of difficult. Well, I think the only criticism I would have is it's not the most exceptionally crafted documentary that has ever come along, and I do think it would be better served as an 85-minute you know, yes, film instead of down. three parts. But yeah. it's still definitely worth watching, and I don't think it's going to bore people. One of the shows, I just want to mention something that I started watching maybe a week and a half ago that I really like, and I'm late to the game on this one, Paul. I know it's been relatively heavily nominated, even maybe some wins. Um, Stephen Young, who was in... Um, the Walking Dead, big character in The Walking Dead, is in a show called Beef, a Netflix series. Have you watched Beef? You've probably talked about it before. I have not talked about Beef. That was the, that was one I have not gotten back to, and you know that happens from time to time. I'll admit a real good one for you at the end of this. What do you, so, what do you well, think about so, Beef? So Stephen Young plays this guy, Danny Cho. He's kind of trying to find his way. He's a contractor, doesn't have a lot of money. He's got issues. He's um, in a parking lot of a store where he's trying to return merchandise in the first episode. And there is a <clears throat> high caliber professional woman, Amy Law, played by Ali Wong, who gets into a bit of a road wage incident with Stephen Young, his character. And then the story kind of takes off from there. It's more than just about the anger that they develop toward one another. And I'm about six episodes in, and I really like where this series is going. It's funny. Uh, the cast is great. It's very well crafted. So I would say Beef is one I would recommend. And Jane, the other thing I told you is, because I always look for these, it's a half hour. It's like 35 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that, that, that's nice to break that right. up with smaller episodes. So yeah. I like that one quite a bit. What else you got, yeah, Paul? You, you've got Mr. and Mrs. Smith premiered on Prime Video. This is Donald Glover uh, in the lead role. This is the, the movie, of course, you saw back in uh, 05 with uh, Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. We now have it in series form, and it's uh, it actually is okay. The first episode's a little bit slow uh, once it gets going, and I think as you get to the future episodes, I think there's two available now for folks to check out on, on Prime Video. Or you can, if you if you just want to go back and see Brad and Ann's, they're over on Hulu. Uh, you can see the original movie as well. 
uh, from that series. So have, that was kind of cool. There's a theatrical release today called Argyle. Have you seen that one? Um, I have not, but you know what? It's making no money. In, in fact, in previews wow. last night, I think it made about $1.7 yeah, That's what I saw, $1.7, right. On $200 million budget. Now, every wow. preview I've seen and every trailer I've seen, I look at it and I go, this could either be fun and quirky and weird, or it could be awful. Well, I guess it seems like it's trending the wrong way on that you're, one. You're, you just – did I hear you correctly? You said that was a $200 million budget wow. in that movie? That's what I read today was that it was it – was, yeah, it was $200 million is what somebody said. Now, don't quote that from for gospel, but yeah, it was up there. So this could definitely be the um, – you know, February is always – well, traditionally it used to be like the worst yeah. month for movie releases, and I think that that's still the case. But there's – I'm looking at my release calendar here, and I had not heard about this one yet. I know that the Bob Marley opens uh, in a couple of weeks. That looks relatively intriguing, but there's a film called Lisa Frankenstein that opens next Friday. Do you know anything about that? <laughs> I just started hearing things about it officially. Uh, it looks like it might be – I don't know. <laughs> What do you think? It looks like a horror movie. It says, well, here's what it says on IMDb. It says, a coming of rage story, love story about a teenager and her crush who happens to be a corpse. There you go. It's PG-13, oh. so it's not R. So this would be trying to, I think, appeal to the younger demographics. I just thought the name of the movie yeah. was pretty funny. There's another one out this week called Scrambled. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see it quite yet. I will be seeing it yet tonight, actually. Uh, this is uh, about a woman, and it's not about scrambled eggs you eat. Let's just put it that way. Hmm. Okay. So, yeah. Um, Maybe they're at the bingo game with Jane and Sue this week. I don't know. But there you go. I would go. Uh, wow. Hey, did you – I don't know if you paid attention to this. Paul, I just wanted to mention, because Paul's up in Milwaukee, and we've known each other for a long time. He's a San Diego Chargers fan. Did you notice the team that's in the Super Bowl next weekend by any chance? Were you following that, the NFL? Mm-hmm. No, I just checked that off. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, what nice. do you think of your new coach, by the way? Uh, you know, I've never been a fan, but – if somebody can get that team in line, uh, that would be one of those guys that uh, that can. It'll be interesting. So here's Mr. my crucial mission for you. Jim Harbaugh went to San Diego just in case people. Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. Wow. Here's my crucial admission to you. You know, I kind of chastised Abby before we went on uh, about not seeing Singing in the Rain, one of my all-time favorite films ever. I said, if it's gonna make you smile, you should see this movie. It'll make you smile. Mm-hmm. It's over on Max right now. We figured out as her and I chatted. But here's my admission to you. In January, 25 years since The Sopranos premiered on HBO, 25 years, I still haven't seen an episode. Oh, whoa. So I'm going to start down throughout the whole series, and I'll report back as we get through, as I kind of push through them in my free time. It's one of those terrible admissions of something huge that I missed. Wow, and I wow. love that series so much. I'll I've watched not I've not watched all of it twice, but I've watched a fair portion of The Sopranos yeah. two times. Paul Hall, tell folks where they can find your reviews. Simplecommonguy.com. We'll uh, talk next week. I know you'll have your Kansas City Chiefs um, love fully engaged on next Friday right before the Super Bowl. I can feel it. I'll send you some gear if you'd like. I- I'm the problem. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is our sports segment on a Friday afternoon with Frank Cusimano from KSDK, but we're going to start with a movie clip here because um, Apollo Creed died today. This is the land of opportunity, right? So Apollo Creed on January 1st gives a local underdog fighter an opportunity. A snow white underdog, and I'm going to put his face on this poster with me. And I'll tell you why. Because I'm sentimental. 
I don't think I knew this, Frank Cusimano, but he was a linebacker. He was a football linebacker when he was younger. Carl Weathers dead at the age of 76. Oh, Frank's not even on yet. <laughs> Here I go, starting to introduce the segment. Okay, and, that's and, funny. Well, I, I had no idea. So, I, But we'll kind of go over the... Um, the fact that he did that. 76 is not that old, and people have asked if uh, we know the cause. I don't. I have not seen a cause. Passed away in his sleep. Is that what happened? Yeah. Okay, Aww. well, Apollo Creed, obviously, um, he was in Predator. He's got The Mandalorian and Star Wars as well, so obviously, <laughs> and I think Frank's on the line right there. I kind of started, Frank, with Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed died at the age of 76, and he was a linebacker, and I don't know if I knew that. That's a little bit of his history. How are you this afternoon? Very good, sir. How are you? Fantastic. Um, we're on the break here with the Blues, but let's start with hockey. And let's talk about the All-Star game and uh, our St. Louis Blue All-Star because that's going to be special. I wish they could have closed out with that six wins in a row. It wasn't meant to be the other night. But I, I think you'd have to say at this midseason point or during this break, the Blues could be in worse shape. Yeah. And, you know, look, how can you complain about a team that just won five of their last six hockey games? Did they blow it the other night against Columbus and felt that they should have started their cruise to the Bahamas a day early. Yeah, it felt that way. But five out of six, uh, they've done some good things with this new coach, Bannister. They're better on the power play. And there does seem to be a great rapport and accountability. Let's face it, earlier in the season, Mark, there were just too many games where you were down 3 nothing in the first period. So you like the trend of the way this thing is going right now. And Robert Thomas, your, your all-star, has gone to the next level in his game, which is great to see. So how, you know, you do these midseason changes with coaches, but it's hard to not say that that was a good move at this point, right? Just because, I don't know if you can directly correlate it, but obviously they've turned things around. So Doug Armstrong sort of knew what he was doing. He said that was mm-hmm. a tough moment to, you know, kind of part ways with coach but uh, or chief. I'm sorry. By the way, did, was he in the studio the other night? I think he's doing some TV now. Is that what I heard? Yeah, he did his first work the other night in the TNT studios, and he did a really nice job. It's going to be the shortest broadcasting career of all time because he's going to be hired as a head coach this offseason, I'm sure. But uh, it was great because they had Ryan O'Reilly mic'd up, and those two kind of went back and forth a few times before the Nashville Predators game. So when is this break over? I mean, they in, in hockey they have a pretty extended break here, don't they, two weeks? It's a 10-day break. Right. I mean, it's, it's pretty long. I mean, I, I felt like the MLS break of seasons. I mean, uh, City SC is already playing. I think the NHL All-Star break is like yeah. longer than the break the City SC had after they lost their final game. So when they're, they're, they're in California, by the way. When they're on a break like this, I, I genuinely don't know the answer to this. And, and you're on a professional hockey team. Do they not even have skates and practices right now? How do you, how do, you do no. that and not fall out of shape, right? Yeah, the NHL mandates uh, that they, they can't practice. Now, you can do it on your own a little bit, but I, I'm, I'd say 90% of that team was in the Bahamas or Florida or the Caribbean as soon as that game was over. And then uh, then they'll start practicing about two or three days before they uh, resume actual games. But the NHL... Um, has that the players have that in their contract that they get a certain amount of time well, off? Well, good for them. I mean, I I, I think they yeah. deserve that time off. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Did we have a little bit of Cardinals news today that I heard about? Yeah, Keon Middleton is a pitcher uh, with a pretty good resume. Like last year um, in Chicago, New York, he was with both teams. He struck out 11 hitters every nine innings. He throws about a 96 mile an hour fastball. Hmm. Um, he, he's very effective. I mean, he's one of these guys that you could count on in the seventh or eighth inning, a real strikeout guy, real swing and miss guy. Remember, the Cardinal bullpen was third worst in the National League last year, and they've already made a couple of nice moves to shore things up. Is he Josh Hader? No, but he's definitely an improvement from what you have. So what do you make of the Baltimore deal? They got Corbin Burns from the uh, Brewers. It was a bit of a trade, I think, that went down yesterday, right? 
Yeah, if you're if you're a Baltimore Oriole fan, I mean a Milwaukee Brewer fan, you should be so pissed off. How in the world can they give up a guy who is 28, 29 years old, led the league in ERA, a Cy Young Award winner in the prime of his career for two just okay prospects? I mean, man, if I'm the Brewers, I would just be so ticked off to be one of their fans right now. Yeah, I haven't talked to any of my friends up there, um, but that is a very good point. I'm not really sure. That one caught me off guard for sure. What else you got going um, as we head into the weekend right now, Frank? Can I can I at least briefly touch, and this is painful, I just want you to say, I simply can't believe how bad Mizzou basketball has gotten oh. in a very short time. Now, I think there's hope around the corner because you have some good recruits coming in if you don't lose them, but wow. And you saw yeah. Dennis Gates kind of take a little bit of a turn in tone a few days ago after that loss. They just got, you know, I think I was watching that game the other night. They got close with Arkansas. They're at home. Arkansas sucks too. They pulled the like, I think it was 31-26, and then they just fell flat. They had nothing in them. Yeah, like the end score was only about five or six points, but that was completely deceptive because Arkansas blew them out of their gym at home. This is an Arkansas team Mm. that had lost six out of their last seven and had two players, two of their top players, not playing in that game. So it was a it was a really a horrid performance, and it seems like Mizzou brings out the best at every team they play. And I'm telling you, I've mentioned this before, that if they don't win in Vanderbilt tomorrow, they have a great chance to go 0-16 in their SEC season. they got to win that game tomorrow. L- let me tell you something. Oh. I think they're going to go 0-16 in their SEC season. I really do. And I, when's the last time that's happened, by the way? Do we know? Well, any never, team. Well, I don't, it's never happened for Mizzou. No, but, but I, I mean I for any know. team. Gosh. I'm not sure. I, I should check that. That's, that's an interesting thought. Um, I will say this, and you hinted, to, hinted at it earlier, that they do have a top five recruiting class coming in, and um, you know he can invade the portal and be really good again. See, he built up enough cachet after that stunningly good season last year when they won 25 and went to the NCAA and won a game that you can have, you can have a bad year. But 0-16 is just, whew. Well, and, you know, we haven't really rough. talked about SLU much at all in the past few months because there's really not much to talk about there. But I think there's every indication that Travis Ford probably is not going to survive after this year, right? Yeah. I feel uncomfortable in talking about it because I know him so well and I've been covering the program so closely. But unless something shocking happens, this thing's not going to end well for that coaching staff. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame. Um, they, they, You know, look, they've won 20 games in a row for four straight years if you throw out the COVID year. But it's only one NCAA tournament appearance in eight years, and he is the highest-paid coach in the A-10. So, yeah, it doesn't look good right now. Yeah, the ROI is not there. What's coming up on Sports Plus on Sunday night, Frank? Well, we sit down with Joe Buck, and we really hit some really fun topics. Everything from his advice to Tom Brady about becoming a broadcaster, to what he really thinks of the Cardinals right now and whether he wants to do a Cardinal game from time to time on television or on radio. And uh, so we're really excited about that. Probably a two-parter on that one. Well, I told him last night, I, I, maybe I missed you. You were there at the Media Hall of Fame. Is that where you did the interview? I told him I miss him so much yes. on baseball. I really do. Oh, he's the best. He really is. Oh, and a congrat- congratulations to Fred, by the way, for going in. He's so well-deserving. If anybody deserves to be a Hall of Famer, it's Fred. Well, here's That's what right. I told Joe last night, and I think you would agree. So now it's incumbent upon me on Monday when Fred is back to always, when I introduce Fred, 
call him, not unlike Joe does to Troy, the Hall of Famer. Because if you know that, every time Joe introduces Troy. And I told Joe Buck this last night, Frank, this is frightening when you think about it. There's somebody, because we went out and looked, there's somebody that has taken the time on YouTube to loop together every intro that Joe Buck ever pitched to Troy Aikman. It's like 26 minutes long on YouTube. People have way too much time on their hands. I think we'd agree with that. (laughs) That is classic. Have a great weekend, Frank. We'll talk on Monday. Okay, guys, have a good one. All right, take care. 4.53, we got a couple things coming up in the next hour that I should mention here before we wrap up this hour. Um, Annie Chestnut-Tudor, who's with Heritage, and we'll talk about some of the things that happened this week in the hearing with Josh Hawley and uh, Zuckerberg on social media. And then Bradley Haley, who's a young conservative. I like young conservatives. There's not enough of them out there. He wrote a piece in The Federalist on hunting that caught my attention. It was, the founding fathers be ashamed at how few American men still hunt. And my... Your friend Ted Nugent would absolutely agree with that. We'll get to Bradley at 525 plus an audio cut of the day. Well, ladies, you know, we've already gone over your plans for the weekend are pretty much set because you're doing this bingo thing tomorrow night, right? Yeah, that's enough for me. I don't oh, need yeah, much that's... more excitement than that. Uh-huh. Well, I, I want you to have a good time. I want you to enjoy that. And I don't know if you have any other plans this weekend. Mine, my weekend's pretty chill, I think, for the most nice. part. There's no football, so I'm pretty— Right. Well, that throws me off, though, because my life surrounds football. So now you get to the point where— and I know this is not relatable to people who don't really love the NFL as much as I do or college football, but I like college. this is that one weekend where you got nothing, you got the Super Bowl, and then it's six months till till any football. So is it's the sad. Pro Bowl this weekend it where is, it's but only, nobody, uh, nobody cares. It's the flag nobody football cares. thing. Nobody yeah. really does care. Maybe I'll check it out just a little bit, but no, I don't think there's you a lot of interest in that. You better catch up on your TV then. Well, because, Jane, if we're being honest, what we just talked about with Frank is usually the filler. I would say, because we got... Football ending, and then baseball just around the corner, right? Yeah. For the most part. Typically, I rely on some good college basketball to fill those gaps. And we had it last year with Mizzou. And unfortunately, I mean, they're just, it's not even worth watching no, at I this watch point. No, I watch Alabama now. Which is unfortunate. All right, Jane, have a great, great weekend. And I don't sure watch will. Alabama. I don't like that. <laughs> Sue's got traffic coming up. Um, I, I want to mention also that, um, well, I thought I had something here set up for um for Monday, and I'm looking at my sheet right now. Oh, one thing I know we were going to do today, my friend Ken Dubinsky was going to join us. He is um, someone who works with the Every True Tiger program, which features the athletes. We had the, um, you know, the hot riplet chips from Luther Burden the third. They have a new Tiger Tracks ice cream that's being sold at Schnucks, and that's for the Mizzou Collective. So the money goes kind of to the NIL Collective. It features four Mizzou athletes, Noah Carter from the basketball team, Keegan O'Toole, who is the newly crowned world champion in wrestling, and we were going to cover that earlier today, but we uh, I decided to move it to Monday because we were jammed up with some of the Fred Bottenheimer Hall of Fame talk. Hour number three, including an audio cut of the day, is coming up next. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 